All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 282. The Nuggets are up 2-1 to one on the Miami Heat. Joker is not joking around when it comes to these playoff numbers. Adam Silver is about to drop the hammer on John Morant. We're just guessing how many games he's going to get suspended. Our boy Zion is in quite the pickle. And is Austin Reeves dating one of the biggest pop stars in the world it's the follow-through with clips and drew drew kick that intro music what up podcast world What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true Players Podcast, episode 282. We're at game three of the NBA Finals. My sweep dreams have been (laughs) ruined. Uh, It turns out there actually is a path to not getting swept by the Denver Nuggets, and it's in the form of Duncan Robinson. One quarter of Duncan (laughs) Robinson ruined ruined that call for me. (laughs) Drew's gentleman's sweep is still on the table. Still up for grabs. That's possible. Um, Drew, I I know we want to talk about this series, but like I it's funny, I don't have a lot to say about the series, right? The one thing I have to say about the series is what everybody else is talking about, and that's Joker. Okay. This guy's <laughs> played three finals games in his career. His last three games: 27 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, 41, 11, and four. Last night, 32, 21, and 10. A triple double. Him and Jamal Murray both get a triple double. And I know I brought this up on the show a lot, Drew. Sometimes we just get like numb to player performances, right? This happened a lot with us with LeBron. It happens with Steph all the time, and now it's happening with Joker. We're getting numb to the to. The, what this guy is doing in these numbers, these historic numbers that he's putting up. Like this dude is leading the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. A seven-foot unathletic Serbian cat is just murdering the NBA finals right now. And we're getting numb just to how good this guy is and how how much better he makes all of his players. So we can go through the series. Like, you know, game one to me can be summed up with uh, you know, Aaron Gordon set the tone early, right? And was just punking these dudes left and right. Michael Porter Jr. that game, de- best defensive player in the game. He looked absolutely amazing to me. And of course, Joker has a big, big night. Uh, game two is, is, is the win. You know, Ke- Kevin Love doesn't play game one. They insert him game two. I don't think he was a huge factor, but he did. He made a difference. Uh, Denver should have won that game, could have won that game. They just... You know, Miami and Duncan Robinson had a crazy third quarter that ended up winning the game. And then we have last night where Joker and Jamal just go off. So I'm we can talk about the series a lot and individual performances, but I think it just all comes down to the best player in the world right now, which we throw around a lot. It happens 20 times a season. It's KD, it's Booker, it's LeBron, it's Steph. No, dude, it's this guy. Joker's the one that's running the show. I'm just so impressed, Drew. So impressed with these numbers. What about you? What do you what do you think about this series so far? Do do you think Miami has another chance at getting another dub? <laughs> no, I think you did a really good job of summarizing everything there. I think game one is probably how Jokic would love to play basketball for the rest of his life. Like if he could pick 
a style of game where his team wins and he only takes whatever four or five shots in the first half mm-hmm. and has all these assists and that whole thing. I think he really enjoyed not shooting the ball. I think he I, he might have almost even done that as a statement to prove how good he is and how good the team is outside of like his scoring abilities. And game two, like that's the if we're going to talk about does Miami have a chance it's game two. Of course you look at game two and you go, there it is. And the chance is not so much that like Miami forced this issue as much as it was just like Michael Malone called out for the Denver Nuggets head coach, uh, just a drop in caring intensity mm-hmm. and you know, mental capacities. They just, they just put their foot off the gas pedal and Miami continually will always take advantage of that moment. Even in last night's game in game three, there was a moment where they brought it was too little too late in the fourth quarter, but they were 10, slowly right? to get it to 10. Yeah, they were creeping mm-hmm. in. They kept mm-hmm. creeping. They don't give up and they just wait. I think they truly do wait for teams to like take a deep breath and exhale. I asked ask Milwaukee, right? They, they had all those comebacks in that Milwaukee series. Um, so but game two is the way that Miami can win. It, it, it takes a combination of a couple things, though. Denver has to let their gas let their let, let their foot off the gas pedal like they do in in game two. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has to be the terrible player that we saw in game two and actually in game three also. He's not playing very well right now. He's not in it defensively. Can't stay on the court. And Michael Malone, I think, has started to realize that and has gone to you know other members of the team to replace those minutes in the in the second halves of these games. Uh, but a little bit too many minutes for Michael Porter Jr. in game two, I think, was a part of that. And that's where Duncan Robinson really did start to get loose. Uh, and then MPJ is also not hitting. Right. So and then the third thing is, is like, you know, the rest of the heat have to be hitting their shots. Right. Jimmy can miss, uh, you know, at times or Bam can miss at times. Like one of those guys can be off, but the team has to perform. Uh, and that's been the hardest part for them thus far. I mean, look. We come off of a, a a whirlwind series for Caleb Martin, and he enters the NBA Finals just like on a complete high, but then just immediately crashes down into the ground in that first game, right? Like a terrible first game. Struess also 0 for 10 for Struess in game one. Uh, so game one, I think you need to kind of remove it from the way that you think about this series because it was just one of those performances from the heat where it's just like, uh-oh, like, they didn't have it. They didn't have it tonight. Maybe they're tired, you know, and and banged up some of the stuff that we talked about in the last podcast. But you see in game two, those guys bounce back a little bit. Struess, you know, started out two for two <laughs> from the field, which was really important for him. Uh, you know, Caleb still didn't have a good game in game two, but uh, everybody else was really starting to pick it up. Uh, I still firmly believe that Denver Nuggets are the better team, which doesn't necessarily matter when you face the, the Miami Heat. They don't care if you're the better, the quote unquote better team, but I still believe Denver is, and I still think they're going to win this series. Uh, But I would not be surprised clips if they do force it now to a game six or a game seven type of scenario. Um, It was really important that Denver in game three, set the tone the way that they did and won that game. I think that was, that was crucial to get out, you know, kind of um, meet the, the physicality and the aggression of Miami that we saw in game two, that bully ball that was brought out in game two from them uh, meet that head on and not be afraid to step to that uh, for game three. And when Jokic and Murray are performing at the level that they did in game three, nobody's beating this Denver team. 
right? Even with Michael Porter being super ineffective in the minutes that he got, it didn't matter. Aaron Gordon's locked in. The rest of the team is locked in. Um, Christian Brown. <laughs> what, I want to bring him up. I want to bring him up. What a great game he had in game three and what a great you know asset he continues to be for this team. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think – the, the, I think your summary was was dead on where like game one was almost like perfect for Denver. Like that's how they would draw it up. Game two, they let it slip. Mm-hmm. And then game three, they they reestablished their dominance and looked far and away to be superior. Yeah, I think a couple things to go off of what you just said, like the expectations of Caleb Martin. It's so hard after coming off this great series in Boston. You know, now we have this expectation of Caleb Martin is like, oh, he's the guy. Or as you know, we like to say, oh, he's him, you know? And there's a reason why Caleb Martin only averaged like nine points a game this year. <laughs> he is, he's, I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. He can go off like that, but I'm not expecting Caleb Martin to be like the super X factor in this series, right? Mm-hmm. I, what I have been impressed with Bam. Uh, Bam's having a hard time with Joker, but he's, he's playing a much better than I expected him to be playing. Yeah. You, meant, you mentioned Christian Brown. That was a huge game for him. Talk about being ready. This guy's won at every single level. He's got three state championships in high school. He's got a national championship in college. He's playing in the finals right now. Like this kid's got a winning pedigree. They and he's call not him, scared. He's, he's not, not scared. scared at all. And yeah. we've been talking about him for a while because I hate his face. I think I mentioned that it was a punchable <laughs> and, face. But we also love his game. Right? I love it's a combo. his game. It's a combo. Yeah. I, and it's funny because every time you bring up Christian Brown, people are like, yeah, he reminds me of Grayson Allen. Can you compare him to just not another white boy? Can you compare him to just somebody that goes out there and plays fucking his ass off? It's I impossible love- for us to not compare him to other white guys. That's how to it goes. It's Ryan Rosillo's rule as well. He goes, you can't compare a white guy to somebody who's not a white guy in the NBA. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess that's true. You just said off air that that Austin Reeves is the right-handed man of Ginobili. Why can't he be the, I don't Perfect. know, be somebody. I know that's a good comparison. Um, but I, I am, I'm, I'm more impressed with Bam, even though when you look at the Jokic, you know, the Jokic numbers, like, mm-hmm. damn, they're, they're insane. So he's having a really hard time. You're definitely right. Like when this, when these guys are hitting on all cylinders, especially when you have one of your top offensive guys, uh, in Michael Porter jr, not performing well, I think Malone realized that earlier and brought Brown in to like supplement some of those minutes. I think yep. MP, M- MPJ, has a lot of value on the defensive end. We saw that in game one, but we also need him to be hitting his jumpers and he's getting good looks. You're going to get good looks at 6'10", right? Yeah, like I he, think, but I think that like the mental focus, what mm-hmm. was clearly the problem, right? Like we we see how capable he can be at times uh, in perimeter de- defense because he is so big and so long and he's pretty fast and quick uh, and all that stuff. He's not a great defender. He will never be a great defender in the, like, you know, he's never going to become Aaron Gordon overnight. Right. right? It's just not going to be it, but it's those moments where he just like, doesn't fight through the screen or forgets to switch or forgets to stay these moments where the defense really is leaning on him to make the right decision in the moment based on the situation where he just misses it. And, and we've seen that happen to him time and time again over yeah. his career. It's gotten much better, right? So we still think that there's room for improvement and for growth there. Um, game one's a great example, but two and three are are like the worst versions of, of MPJ where he's not hitting and he's you know uh, pretty much unplayable defensively. Yeah, I mean, last night he's one for seven. You got KCP one for four. Bruce Brown, one for five. Um, Christian Brown, seven for eight, man. Seven for eight field goals. On fire. Right? And just playing playing really good defense, too. Right. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, 
I just back to the the Jokic thing. You know, they had a of course the talking heads have to have a debate this morning where they have to say, you know, is he the greatest center of all time? Like, is he now the greatest center of all time? <laughs> and I think he's in the conversation just based on like everything we're talking about here. Points, rebounds, and assists. This guy does it every single night. He makes he makes like Shaq, I don't think made players better, right? Like he <laughs> I don't think Shaq made players better. I don't think Wilt made players better. I don't think David Robinson made players better. Hakeem possibly, but you know, I think because Joker isn't like polarizing and isn't giving you crazy sound bites and like talking shit on the floor or carrying pistols or banging porn stars, which we're going to get into here soon. <laughs> I don't think people really talk about him as much as they should. Um, right. And now we're learning that uh, Mark Jackson finally realizes how good this guy is and how he should have been in his MVP voting. But again, this is it's attributed to building these players together, right? This is a super young team. MPJ's young, Joker's young, Jamal's young, all these cats, Christian Brown's fresh out of, out of college. Um, I just think that they're so good, man. And they're going to have, they're going to be there next year too. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be in the finals, but right now that this is the team to beat. the West is going to be crazy next year. But the other thing is, and we say this all the time is like, Joker doesn't care about the accolades or anything like this. This guy just goes out there, plays his game. And it's, you know, I think that that quote about, he looks like he plays basketball and flip-flops is so true. Because it's it's really not pretty. I think what's pretty, Drew, that surprises me about him, it's not the three-point shooting. It's not the assists, even though the assists are great. It's his touch around the rim. There were a couple plays where he was going full on, like his full steam, which is not like everybody else's full steam, and being able to finger roll at the rim with ease. You know, it's not forced off the backboard. He's got, He has control of his body, even though it doesn't look like it at times. But his touch is so nice. So mm -hmm. I think they had to have something to talk about this morning with, is he the best center of all time? <laughs> it's very arguable, but he's the yeah. best passing center of all time. Yeah. And I think, you know, as far as being the big man, making everybody better, I think that's in the, in the conversation, right? Do you agree? Absolutely. I, I, I think it would, you know, it would, it would be interesting to put his stats amongst the greatest point guards of all time and see where that looks, <laughs> right. you know, what that looks like. And then maybe remove him a little bit from like the quote unquote center position, even though he is, he definitely is a center. But I think just the fact that he would be, you know, potentially just one of the top 20 point guards that's ever played the game, right? If you just like, want are to his make numbers it, better than Russell Westbrook, like prime Russell, maybe. I, I think it's close. I think it's pretty close to as good as Russell Westbrook has ever done. And, and it's definitely 20 times better on the shooting efficiency side. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's better than Russell Westbrook in that sense. And his, and his record. Right. You look at his record. Russ made one finals. Now, now Joker's in his first final. So you could very easily and I don't think mo many people would disagree, say that Nikola Jokic is better than Russell Westbrook ever was. I think that's that's pretty fair. Uh, but you you have to look at the body of what Russell Westbrook has put out as far as his career, which Jokic is just in the middle of. So we, we can get into that debate later. But. That's that's the kind of thing that I think we're talking about here when we look at is he the greatest center ever? Well, it's difficult. It's difficult to say that because Wilt and uh, uh, you know even Kareem, uh, Shaq, all these guys were never given the freedom or the capability to do what Jokic does with the ball and have that much time with the ball in his hands, right? And, and every time they those guys got physically the ball, do it though. Shaq isn't dropping fourteen dimes. I agree. Night. I totally agree. 
I totally mm-hmm. agree. But they also never they were never given the chance. The game was not played this way. Right. And I agree with you 100 percent. Shaq's game would never change. But maybe Wilt, maybe Wilt, you know, he, he had double digit assists in a season. Uh, it's not uh, unfathomable that he could have done that for his whole career if given the ball more and allowed to operate the way the Jokic does. But I just think it is it's a determining factor of like this new page of the NBA especially when we look at positions historically, but more more and more, it's the power forward in the center position that's changed the most out of any position in the NBA, right? With the different ways that these guys are able to shoot and play and dribble uh, and have all these different skills that were not really afforded to the big men of the past. Um, I, you, I think you, I don't, I don't think it's close when to, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but, but I don't think it's very close for him to be the most skilled offensive center we've ever seen i think that's pretty much far and away his his belt to hold above his head if he wants to uh now we when i say skilled i mean in all facets of the offensive game being able to dribble and shoot and uh obviously pass and and post up and make free throws and you know all of that he has all threes can do it all and offensively speaking i think that that's I mean, we're looking at the greatest center to ever play offensively when it comes to that specific thing. He's never he's never going to be better than Shaq at posting somebody up, right? That's just not going to happen. He's never going to be able to be as reliable as Kareem to get a two-point bucket when you get him eight feet from the hoop because Kareem can go to that sky hook. But at the same point, you know, he shoots whatever, 60%, 70% from the floor when it's in tight to the basket. And you touched on something that's tremendous from him, and that is – uh, very, very rare for someone of his size, his touch, his finesse. And that plays obviously within the skill set that we're talking about, but specifically with the ball in his hands and shooting at that at that rim, moving in different directions, leaning back, uh, you know, falling down. He's so good at that. And something that I think people will resist, and, and we've talked about this in the past too with Jokic, is his body type, just his physical appearance. It's hard for people to look at that and go like, there it is. That's the best center we've ever seen right. in, in NBA basketball because he doesn't look the way that Dwight Howard does. And I don't mean skin color. I just mean bulk. I think for those people who understand what I'm saying, Dwight was the prototypical physical Adonis, the David Robinsons, the Shaquille O'Neal's, young Shaq. Like that's what Dwight Howard was. And we look at that and we go, that's what we expect and what we want to see out of a center. But I think it's because uh, Jokic knows that he doesn't want to lose that touch that he has is the reason he doesn't look bigger, is the reason he doesn't go ahead and get in the gym and lift his arms and shoulders and back and make him all, you know, swollen yoked. Uh, because he does not want to lose that touch. I personally think that that's the way that it is because you would have to worry, you know, when you put on all of that weight and all that muscle, that finesse can can disappear pretty fast. Well, that's what AD did, right? I mean, Bingo. AD bulked up and it kind of, I, I don't think it ruined his game at all, but he was trying to do something, you know, he was skinnier, he got bigger, uh, not as fast anymore or whatever, but and, I know- And not as quick laterally. Not as right. easy, not that muscle memory for shooting more than anything. It's the muscle memory for the shot and the and the touch with the ball in your hands as you're right. approaching the basket that I think impacts the most. And that's why Tim Duncan never bulked up or anything. He exactly. Stayed, I mean, he did a little bit. He bulked a little up bit. a little bit, yeah. but he didn't, it wasn't insane. It wasn't Dwight Howard. I think it's, in, it's interesting going back to what we were just saying uh, that, that Joker is such a different player that we're now trying to compare him to Russell Westbrook numbers, right? That's insane. <laughs> you could compare him to anybody, though. I, I think you're right, though. I think you're right. It's it's when you just think about that, like who would have thought that a seven foot foreign center 
could get numbers like Russell Westbrook. And I think if we deep dove into it and pulled up some of the best point guards ever, like he's definitely averaged more points than Chris Paul, right? He's Absolutely. I mean, and we, and we have point Chris Paul is one of our point gods. Right. And then like, if, if, wow, this is crazy. It's kind of, kind of blowing my mind. Cause if we go back to the prerequisites that I personally had before <laughs> we did the show, like, do they make their teammates better? Yeah, he does. Do they show up when the lights are brightest? Yeah, he does every single time. So man, that's really interesting. It is He's, so like for for his career because it started so slowly for Jokic. When you look, go back and look at his numbers for his entire career, he's only averaging six point six assists. Okay, but that has obviously skyrocketed in most recent years. Like to where this year he averaged nine point eight assists per game and was in the mm-hmm. I believe pretty sure in the top five in assists, maybe top ten at the most uh, for the season. And it really started. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five years ago is really when it started. He went in twenty eighteen nineteen. Um, his fourth year in the se- in, in in the NBA went to seven assists. Next year, seven. Following year, eight point three. Next year, eight. This year, the most at ten. And that's mm. and and you think about that because uh, he went down. He went from eight point three to seven point nine last year. No Jamal Murray, right? right? Those assists, those assists are mostly going to to Jamal, especially as we saw in Game Three. These guys are just playing. You know the two man game to a T. It's a that pick and roll, that pick and pop, pick and roll (laughs) is just so nice, man. And you know that's another guy. I don't want to. I don't want to spend an hour on this, but you know it's watching these guys in the playoffs, in the finals. Jamal Murray is so nice when when he's on. Like there, there is not another player in the league. He's Booker ish. He's Tatum ish. He is that freaking good when when he's hitting. He, yeah. he, he some of the shots he takes you're like there's no way yeah and it's his funny. capacity his capacity to make difficult shots it's like damish is, right it's up like, there yeah it's up there with anybody it's up there with anybody in the nba he can make very and t- and does take very difficult shots mm-hmm. uh, but they go in enough for you for you to go like oh shit all right like maybe maybe that'll go in like even going back to what it, game two right when he does that step back to close the game mm-hmm. no timeout from alone and i'm freaking out i'm, I'm like i'm I'm up. I'm standing up at the end of game two, being like, "Okay, cool, timeout. We have we have like you know nine seconds here. Like, what? Are, like, let's draw something up. Let's get the best offensive center we've ever seen the ball and make something happen here." Uh, but you know, Malone decides to not do that and lets Jamal, who he trusts and knows can make and take, take and make very difficult shots. And it was a close uh, shot. He could have. Yeah, he does a crazy in. step back mm-hmm. on the run. And just and just rimmed out. So he thought he had it too. He that, thought he yeah. had it. Too. You know, I think that's a that's a good point. That timeout. I, I I was thinking about that as well. Like, I don't know. I think in that situation, when it's your best player or your second best player has the rock, the momentum's going, the crowd is going crazy. Like maybe you just let him roll with it. You know, it's kind of yeah. like uh, you know, we've you know, we we asked you know, Bazooka Joe, we wanted him to take more, more timeouts and all that shit. Sometimes maybe you just got to let the players go with it. And yeah, I think I look, it's a, it's a coin flip, right? Every coach is going to have their own take on what to do in that moment. And I think Mm -hmm. that's fair. And you're right. You know, it's one thing if it's Aaron Gordon or uh, Michael Porter Jr. Will Barton, uh, excuse me, Will Barton, uh, Casey, KCP, you know, with the ball in his hands with seven seconds left. Yeah. And then you go, oh, time, oh, whoa, whoa, out. Whoa, 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 time out. But, <laughs> you know, Jamal had it. He had a head of steam. And yeah. I think the thing that that was the, for me specifically, of course, reaching back to the Celtics series and being like Joe Mazzula should have called a timeout, you know, so many times. 
it definitely felt like they could have gotten a better look, right? And and it's it it was where the Heat were defensively would be the, the main reason why I would call the timeout. They weren't they weren't still it wasn't like a fast break or something like that where or even where they had numbers. It was the Heat were kind of back. They were getting back. Mm-hmm. They were getting set and matching up. And then you know J- Jamal ended up drawing two, of course, uh, as they as they kind of tried to swarm him a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I do think that's a that's a timeout for me for sure. But the, the Phil Jackson school, Phil Phil Jackson never calls that timeout, right? That's one thing that Phil I think kind of he- helped progress is the 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 freedom of allowing the greatest players that you have on your team to to explore that opportunity and to do it on their own. So Phil Jackson school of thought, you let him go. And especially, you know, Jamal Murray hits that and we go to overtime, uh then then Michael Malone's a hero for not calling timeout. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to not call a timeout when you have Kobe and Mike, bro, too. Like exactly. And and Shaq, I mean, Shaq a lot of times wasn't in the game with 7 seconds left cuz they smart, put him on the free throw line, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um you still on the gentleman sweep? Since my sweep, I'm, I'm off over. it. I really, I thought for sure that if if Miami was going to win one of those first two games, I don't. I think it's really hard to close them out in five mm. now because you're going to have to beat them three times in a row. So they they got game three, but they're going to have to win four and five. I think Miami's really going to, you know, they're going to do every fucking thing that they can uh, in game four. Look, but it's definitely possible. It's I. It's definitely obviously still on the table because Denver's only lost one game, but I just have to assume that you know. Uh, and something I do want to get to before we move on, like there's a there's a Tyler Hero chance uh, to be seen. I don't in do it. Series. I don't do it, man. Hold on. I'll let, before I want to I want to delegate that with you because I I would do it and I want to go back and forth with you. But there's a there's a possible Tyler Hero chance. There's also just like the possibility that that Miami, as we've seen, just catches fire, right? Like that's what they've been doing, uh, you know, it, sporadically throughout these playoffs. But in big moments, especially, their three point shooters are hitting. And we know they become a, a you know infinitely difficult team to beat when their three point shooters, Struess, Vincent, fucking Lowry, throwing in a couple. If Kevin Love can hit one, they're just celebrating. They're standing on their chairs, uh, and of course, you know Duncan Robinson uh, and Caleb Martin. So there's a chance, you know, just based on that and the toughness <laughs> and and the smell of the blood in the water. Like if if Denver has another lapse, I, I definitely think Miami will win whatever game that happens in. Uh, but it's still on the table. I think that goes for any NBA team if they're hitting their three pointers. They're, they're, it does, they're and it's true. It's true. Right. Yeah, and but especially for a, Miami because you know that's they get really good looks. They get really good looks at those threes. Yeah, and they have a lot of players that can knock them down. All those yeah. guys you just mentioned, Struz can go off. Tyler Hero can go off. Like now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I think it's just uh, he even said like I don't think I want to come back and ruin uh, ruin the chemistry. Right. But if these other guys like Caleb and Gabe and Struess, if they're fluctuating between, you know, one for sixes and four, like, why not bring Tyler Hero back? He just hasn't played in a minute. Like, it's going to be difficult for him to ask somebody to just come in and play in the NBA finals and be a pivotal part of it. Um, But yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I guess why wouldn't they bring him back is the thing. I it to me, it makes the most sense in the world if if he is fully healthy and capable Mm -hmm. Bring him back. You don't have to start him and play him 40 right. fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. Put him in when Jimmy goes to the bench. Just go go back to what it was, you know, a couple years back. Jimmy would go to the bench. Tyler Hero would come in the game. He'd shoot a couple times. Oh, Jimmy's ready. Okay. Go go get Tyler. We'll put him back on the bench. But, you know, having someone, Caleb Martin and uh, all those other guys, Struess, uh, Duncan Robinson, very good players in their own rights. 
none of them can create shots for themselves the way that Tyler Hero can. And and Miami needs shot creation, right? They need the penetration into the basket. They need to attack Jokic because they don't really, other than Aaron Gordon, Denver does not have a rim protector. Although Jokic does do a good job of using his body to make it difficult for guys to finish, he won't contest in the air, as we know. He's not. Did he you see get... him fall a lot last night? Like he <laughs> fell hard a few it, times. He he falls a lot. He also he yokes it up a bit. I mean, we're talking about you know this is it. It, it would it would only be uh, fair for him to to show that he's European from time to time by taking these flops as he does. And for all the you know all this all the shit that the Lakers got. You know, Jokic is right up there with the best of them at being able to flop, right? So I, I don't put that. Do you think so? Him. I don't think so. Oh, absolutely. He's a great flopper. What do you mean? I think I, the, I think the fact that you don't think he's a good flopper makes him a great flopper because <laughs> well, <laughs> he definitely he definitely falls down a lot. Uh, you know, at contact to push in the back. I think Rui Hachimura would write a dissertation on on how well Jokic is at flopping. I think uh, Jokic needs to go to Embiid's coach who teaches him how to fall though because. <laughs> Yeah, he needs help like landing. A sack of potatoes, bro. Yeah, he helps. Like, <laughs> he needs help with the landings. Yeah, he falls like our boy Jeff Crompton. Jeff Crompton falls like he doesn't have arms. I was gonna compare him to Jeff Crompton. I really was. <laughs> I was. Gonna, he actually, Jeff Crompton brought up that he likes to be called our Golden State uh, correspondent. Uh, their yeah. correspondent. He liked that. Okay, but I was gonna compare Jokic's flopping to Jeff Crompton falling because yeah. it's it's like bricks man so for yeah. people that don't know Embiid has a coach that has taught him how to fall because he falls a lot it's how to keep him safe when he falls exactly it's so, to avoid it's to avoid injury yeah right so so, so but you're back back backing up to hero you agree mm-hmm. that if he's available to play he should he should it there's it's such a strange thing to me to have a guy who's been a part of the team for the whole season mm-hmm. and a part of the run you know for you know, leading up to these playoffs, that was mm-hmm. super impactful. Their second leading scorer, very valuable member of the team, who's been there the whole time. Right. For them to go like, no, don't come back. That's that's fucking crazy bullshit. I don't understand it, the thought process there. I I don't I do understand not disrupting the rotations and the starting mm-hmm. five and things like that. But it's not like they have a plethora of guys that are just like cashing everything nonstop. If Kalen Martin was still averaging twenty five points a game. Mm-hmm. Fine. Maybe you leave him on the bench for another game, but he's not. He's not doing that's, that. That's my point that I was going to make. If yeah. Caleb was Boston Celtics, Caleb, yeah. then yeah, you don't ruin that. But, but now that you I still think bring the- him back, like you still have him in a jersey, you still have him right. doing shoot around, you still have him involved in the games and the conversations because there will be a moment, even if it's for fucking two minutes, where you could use him in the game. Right. And so. I think I, also, like the guy we haven't talked about, like Hightower is getting some good burn too, right? Like we're seeing that this kid's actually pretty good. He's long. He's athletic. He can play defense. He can knock down shots. Doesn't shy away from the moment. So they have. Turns out he was. People. Turns out he was the Division Two Player of the Year. From Jesuit, right? Wheeling. You Wheeling. keep saying Jesuit. It's Wheeling. It's Wheeling Jesuit. I I know, but it but Jesuit is like not a college. <laughs> it's part of. It's Wheeling Jesuit. If you look it up, you look it up. That's the college, and it just sounds way better than Wheeling. So yeah. Um. Can we move on from the finals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. I, I, I still think that there's a chance that the series goes to six or seven, but I would not be surprised if Denver buttons it up in five. I still think it's Denver all the way, and we're going to see Jokic win, you know, uh, Finals MVP and really and really put a stamp on his legacy and his career. I mean, the guy's has ten triple doubles in the postseason, and and only two other players have a triple double this postseason. So and lost one home game so far. Uh, I'm with you on that. I'm more pissed that they didn't sweep because I was really adamant about the sweep. 
You know, I don't like making calls. I'm, I'm so bad at making calls. And especially with the Miami heat, you know, the more you think about it, you're like, okay, these guys took the, they beat the bucks in five. The bucks were supposed right. to win the championship. They roll New York. They Boston's supposed to win the chip too. They take out Boston. Now they're in the finals. Like, I just don't know anymore, man. I don't know, but yeah. I do know that, uh, just, if you, I always say numbers don't lie, and the Joker numbers are absolutely insane. And when you have, when you're putting up those numbers, and Jamal Murray's doing his thing, I am expecting the only call I'm going to make is I'm expecting MPJ to have one good game coming up here, offensive game. The guy is fully capable of doing it. I think he is that guy, kind of like how AG, how Aaron Gordon did it in the first game, just you know pounded it in the paint, got them up by 15 quick. Yeah. I think MPJ can be that guy. I mean, if, if, if 35% of those three pointers are falling, it's kind of a different story, right? He's getting good looks at him. I just, I still also have a lot of MPJ stock. So I really yeah. want him to do well. I just, I also, I'm going to go the other way and, and be, and say that I would not be surprised if Malone leaves him on the bench for like a whole game, the okay. way that Spolstra did to Kevin Love. Like I still think he'll trot him out there and, mm-hmm. and start him, but if he sees if he sees any sort of signs of a lapse in mental concentration and lapse in defensive awareness, uh, MPJ is going to be sitting. He's going to be on a real tight, real tight leash. So uh, I would I would go the other way and say put more money on our boy Christian Brown. Whatever the over and under is on his points, his minutes, his rebounds, go over on Christian Brown. What a great rookie year for that guy too. Just a good rookie year, man. What and a what a great draft! Another great draft pick by yes. by Denver. They yes. they're very very good. They go quietly. They they're very good at drafting players. Where whatever position that they end up in the draft, they tend to get good guys. I totally agree. I'm with you on that. Um, uh, there's some other stuff going on in the NBA. This week has been crazy, <laughs> and even before the finals started, you know, Adam Silver does a press conference. Regarding Jaw Morant, we're talking about Jaw one more time because there we haven't gotten word on what's going to happen. What's the sp- suspension going to be? And Adam Silver comes out before the game, answers a bunch of questions, says that um, they've uncovered more information on what's going on. He doesn't want to bring attention to it during the NBA Finals because we're focused on the NBA Finals. But what this does is just opens a floodgate of people like me and you and people like everybody <laughs> else to talk about that's what we're going to talk about is from from what i heard what i gathered from adam silver i immediately think that this is going to be way more than what people think i don't recall you would know better than me what i said on the show but i said it was going to be something like 30 games that's what i was expecting um and when when adam when adam we're on the first name basis when (laughs) commissioner silver comes out and says they've uncovered more Um, I think it's going to be worse. I also think that Ja knows what his suspension is going to be. There was that cryptic text that he posted on social media the other day, about a week and a half ago, where he was telling his mom he loved him. He told him his daughter he loved him. Weird stuff that he normally doesn't post. And they had to go do a welfare check on him to make sure he was okay. I think that's the day that he found out what's really going to happen. I think Adam Silver, Ja's camp, and Ja know what's going to happen. And there, whether there's an NDA or a gag order or whatever it is, nobody's allowed to say what it is until after the NBA finals. But the whole point of this is Adam Silver doesn't want to bring attention to it, but this is, this is what we're doing. We're, we're causing attention. And then like the whole point of Ja and his camp or not Ja, but his camp comes out and says, it's a toy gun. 
And it's like, dude, are we really doing this? Is it, is this what we're doing? Can you just be accountable? Hold yourself accountable for what happened. And if it is a toy gun, that's even dumber than having the real gun. That's like, okay, you're just going to carry around a toy pistol. Like, (laughs) come on, man. It's a gun. Just admit it and, and get on your knees and beg Adam silver to, 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 you know, that I'm going to get, I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. I fucked up. I am so sorry. You know, instead of playing this game, like it's a toy, it's not my gun. It was my other guy's gun. Okay. So we're playing this again. Wasn't your gun in Denver. Wasn't your gun in the car. You weren't the guy that was, that was pulled the gun out on the kid. When you're playing basketball, you weren't the guy, it was your other friends that were intimidating the guy that worked at champ sports or whatever the hell that was. You weren't the guy that had the gun in the suburban or with the, the alleged gun with the, 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 the laser. laser. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, it's you. You're the issue. I've said this before. You're the issue. Your friends are the issue. You need new friends. And people would respect you way more if you just jump ahead of this. Okay. God damn it. I am stupid. I fucked up. I'm sorry, Adam. Should have never been in the car with that guy that with that friend. I should have never let anybody around me with a gun. That's the last thing I should have is a gun right now. So I just think the the game of like the toy, like is that the best excuse you're going to come up with? It's a toy gun. Right. So I think it's going to be worse, Drew. I think it's going to be minimum of 30. And we don't even know the details of what Adam Silver uncovered. I think either the, with this second incident, like it might have opened a Pandora's box. Like you might have got like the the remember I was talking about the hip hop police where they where they watch where they watch rappers and what they're doing and what they're talking about. He might have opened a Pandora's box on some shit with Ja. So what what's your take on it? What do you think? And what does this mean? Like his his shoes sold out, man. The kids love this freaking guy. Yeah. And we love we love him too. But there has to be rules, right? And I th- what was your take on the tone from Adam? Like what do you think it's going to be? I still believe that we're looking at 24 games. I think, you know, based on the first suspension being 8. You know, extra it's three times that, right? So it's not just double, it's not just 16 games. We're looking at 24. That's my call. That's my guess. I think I keep going back to the fact that the technically Miles Bridges suspension was 30 games for what he did to his wife or girlfriend. I can't remember what their relationship status was or is. Uh, I don't see a world where Adam Silver can feasibly uh, answer the question why 30 games is enough of a suspension for assault and why simply holding a gun requires more suspensions than that. So I think he's going to keep it under 30. But I think we're looking at 24 is my guess. And look, what Adam Silver is supposed to be downtrodden when he's asking these questions. This is not a great topic for him, which is why it makes no sense in the world for, number one, him not to release his suspension now and get it over with, get that conversation done, have a press release, answer the questions, let's move forward. And number two, why is he doing all of this media right now when this is looming over everyone's heads? And guess what? There's a finals going on, which you would love to talk about. Great. Yeah. We're going to ask you two finals questions. But you're here for four minutes, Adam. What are we going to talk about for the other you know, five questions that we got? Isn't it called you? a filibuster, though? Don't you try to filibuster that shit? He does a decent job of not answering questions, of walking around and answer. He does a great job. He's a, He could be a politician in that regard. He's also a lawyer, so he's not, you know, he knows how to work words in a True. specific order to not get himself or the NBA in trouble. But very true. 
uh, I will say that he needs to um, stop doing the media, mm-hmm. right? Like this, it only becomes a story again, Adam Silver, when you go on TNT, when you go on ESPN, when you go on the Dan Patrick show, guess what people are going to ask you about this looming suspension that you have over all of our heads. So I don't understand that whole thought process there about like, Oh, it's disrespectful to the teams to announce a suspension, but somehow you're going to get a lot of screen time answering the question that everyone has. It's the same fucking question. What are we looking at for jaw? What are we looking at for the suspension? When are we going to find out? Right. I just, it makes no sense. Logically. He's a smart man. The NBA is smart. I don't understand their plan in in, in this, uh, but I am looking forward to just having that past us, like knowing the suspension and moving on from that, because there's other things that would be nice conversation pieces for Adam Silver to talk about on these shows. If he doesn't hold this information, mm-hmm. let's talk about the all-star game. What are we going to do there? We have different ideas. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about you know, how, how impactful this game is becoming globally Mm -hmm. right now. We're living in the very first and very, every day is a new generation of NBA fans that don't live in the United States. That's becoming uh, huge fans and, and, and emotionally involved uh, with, you know, uh, their teams or their players that they love. Let's talk about the good stuff Mm -hmm. and let's get that bad stuff out of the way before you go on this media tour that he's on, which makes no sense with this whole, you know, information being hidden tight to the vest for no fucking reason. Yeah. I think you could have, that's very well said, Drew. And I think like you could have announced this before the finals started and Bingo. just be like, this is what's happening. This is the suspension. I'm, we're not talking about it until the start of the season. Let's focus on the NBA finals. This is my decision. Now it's like, we're expecting when Joker's getting his MVP finals trophy, Adam Silver's there, he gets the trophy and then Adam <laughs> Silver takes the mic and he says, and just to let everybody know, Jaws getting 42 games. Okay. Get off my back. I just, it wasn't handled. It oh, wasn't handled. Boy. Right. I also just think like our new cycle cycles through things so fast mm-hmm. that, yes, you announced Jaw Moran suspension. First takes going on it. We're going to talk about it. Everyone's going to, but literally the next week, we're not going to rehash that again. Nothing has changed unless, of course, Jaw does something else. Like if he, you know, he does something else stupid. Uh, then we'll talk about it. But but that's the whole thing that I just it's just so backwards to me. That's like, you know, I'm not going to release this information because the finals are going on. Uh, it that's completely irrelevant. Makes no sense. I know. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I'm curious to know how this comes out. And I'm curious to know if like we're going to know what was uncovered. Are we allowed to know? <laughs> probably not. We probably won't know. Uh, unless you know that's told to us by somebody within the NBA organization, like what you don't it is, think what John knows. You don't think you don't think John knows his suspension right now? I don't. I I tend to think that he does I do. not. I I also think like information is is a, a fucking asset in today's mm-hmm. world, and that is a valuable piece of information. So if we think that Jaw's family and friends uh, know his suspension, and we don't think that one of those friends is going to go cash in ten grand from TMZ to say. Mm-hmm. This is John Moran's suspension. I think we're I think we're a little confused. I don't I don't see it being the case where Ja and his family and his agent already know. I think there's a chance that they know ballpark. I think they I think Adam Silver's like, look, you know, you're forcing my hand. We're thinking somewhere between 20 and 40 games. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know that. Maybe they know that, but they don't know the exact thing. Uh I just I think it would be really uh hard to expect that that information would stay within the the group that you told it to. 
Uh, and I don't mean that as an indictment on John Morant specifically or his family or friends. Anybody that ha- would have this information that would like if it was, uh, you know, uh, Steph Curry, like any any person that would have some sort of suspension looming over that you would tell them, I can only imagine how quick it would it would be to get out. And 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 let me say this, if it is, in fact, the case that they do know and they have kept it under wraps this time, this this long amount of time. Kudos to them because that's, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, that's great. It's great news. Some people are thinking a season and which is, that's crazy. Page, that's I know it's crazy, crazy, but we don't know what this stuff that's uncovered, right? We have no idea. What if, what if the, the NBA police did their full on CSI investigation into jaw and the people that jaws hanging around, right? And maybe they do a full investigation on that gun incident with the kid, right? The, yeah. what, did did you really pull a gun? That's assault, right? Like, you're saying assault. you're saying they went back. They kept going think, back to other events. I think they kind of have to to protect the, pro- the to protect the product right now because this can't happen anymore. This just again, this was a slap in the face to Adam Silver. You just were in my office. I just suspended you. You do this again. Then you say it's a toy gun, which is even dumber to do that. So now you're just <laughs> rolling around. People die over toy guns. Kids get killed <laughs> over that shit. Definitely, right? Yes, definitely. They get killed by police. For that shit. Yep. And most toy guns have a red dot on the end. I didn't see a red dot on that on that gun. So I just think you could have been way better with uh, lying about it or or whose it was or what it was. Right. I just think they might have gone back and done a full investigation on like the Rico shit, right? Like maybe that maybe they uncovered some stuff that Jaw was really hiding because that's what it sounded like to me. We've uncovered things just from what we know. As like the laser and the incident with the kid and the the shot the the shopping one and the Twitter posts and now two instances with guns. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe Adam Silver just had to be like, all right, dude, full investigation. What is up with this kid? What is going on with him? Who are the people he's hanging around with? Because he is our superstar. He is a box office guy, and we have to protect this asset. So even people on our page were even said two years, two years. <laughs> like it's gonna be the same, like OJ Mayo shit. Right. Like the, the drug stuff you're out. Uh, yeah. I feel bad for OJ and Tyreek, by the way, because that shit's totally allowed now. But so allowed. This those guys missed out on so much bread. <laughs> I feel bad God. for those guys. Go back but, and watch OJ Mayo in high school. Y'all. He was just so nasty. Yeah. Um, I, look, I I cannot. Again, I, I just keep going back to what they did with Miles Bridges. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know. I think mm-hmm. that the NBA, we're talking about like keeping a story suppressed. They did a fantastic job suppressing that story. But that Miles opinion. ain't Ja, dude. No, you're right. But what he did was worse. And yeah, I think 100%. that's the important part for the NBA. That's the important part for the NBA is, is to not go, oh, you're a star, so you get this. Even if it's worse, even if it's more punishment because mm-hmm. you're more popular or you're a better player, they can't. They can't enter into that realm where they get they dole out different levels of punishment based on who you are in reference to like your play in the, in the NBA. They can't do that. And... I think the CBA, the Players Association, has to agree with this too. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, there's an like- appeals process for the uh, NBPA. So the, Silver will put out his suspension, and the NBPA, along with Jaw and his people, will you know appeal something, and maybe they drop you know a game or two, or maybe they just go, no, this is this is what it is. this is the this is the suspension. So, you know, I. I we got to talk about this too, which I can't even believe we're doing this on our show, but it has to happen. And I can't believe we're doing this. I, you know, man, talk about red flags, Zion. It's time to talk about Zion. You know, I, I scroll <laughs> through social media every day. It's part of what I do for us. 
I like to go through social. I like the people, you know, what, what, what our followers post. I follow a lot of people. Zion's somebody I follow too. And I, I swipe through and I see Zion's having a baby. And I'm like, you know what, Zion? He looks happy as hell. That's my he he big old smile. Big he also old looks, smile. Looks thin. Looks pretty thin. He looks great. Yeah. And he's having a baby. Congrats, Jaw, with your girlfriend. And then no, 15 Zion, minutes not Jaw. Zion, baby. Zion, Zion. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Zion. Sorry. Did I say Jaw? You did. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jaw ain't having a baby, y'all. Don't report that. But maybe he is. Who knows? Who knows? But then, like 20 minutes later, I'm seeing this Mariah Mills girl, this porn star, with this Twitter thread. And all I kept thinking to myself, Drew, is I'm like, yo, Zion plays more with porn stars than with all-stars. More games with porn stars than with all-stars. What are you doing? Is this how you're spending your time? Right? And, they, God, the, the, th the reason why it makes me so upset, Drew, it makes me so upset. It's like, do we not know? You don't even have to be a professional athlete to understand that these women have receipts. They have all your receipts. <laughs> they have the screenshots. They got the flight receipts. They've got all of this, man. How do you think? Like, I'm kind of on Mariah Mills' side. How are you going to be having, like, a, a baby announcement when I'm your girlfriend? <laughs> like, uh, you were planning on flying me out. And Zion has these receipts like, hey, if you're going to come out here, how much do I pay you every week? How much do you want? <laughs> how much do you want a week month. to be my girlfriend? For a week. Yeah, a week. What are you doing? And if I'm a pellet, look, I'm oh all my for God. it's just so young and so dumb of Zion. And why are you fucking with the porn stars, dude? I get it. I understand. And, and, and they're both baddies. They're both baddies. I get it. But like, man, you got to be more careful with this stuff. And if I'm a Pelicans like fan or if I'm the front office, I'm like, yo, is this what you're doing with your time? Is just like tricking off with these porn stars. So. And this girl was graphic. She's like, yo, you just spit in my mouth last week. You know, <laughs> like, it's so crazy. I'm reading this. And also, there's kids on Twitter, right? There's kids on Instagram, like, yo, and, and they're being real, real vulgar with, with it. So you go from this moment of, like, pure happiness, having a baby, to being like, you, you think your side girl or your number one girl, whoever, whoever Mariah is, isn't going to come at you and make things public? Like, I don't know, man. Uh, not looking good for Zion. It's a red flag for me, Drew. And I love Zion. <laughs> I want him to be great. We all want to see him play basketball. But if he's going to be, if this is kind of his character, I, I don't know, man. What do you think about it? Oh, boy. Um, do we care? Is it our business to even, like, care about this? That's kind of where I am. Okay. I don't care. And uh, I will say this has probably happened uh, I don't know how many times, but more than a more than a yeah, couple read dozen. Read the Sean Kemp story, Zion, and who you get compared to a lot too. Right. Sorry yeah. just to interrupt you. Go I ahead. don't think this is a uh, like a new story. I even just removing uh, professional athleticism from the picture and 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 generational wealth and hundreds of millions of dollars. Like guys do this shit. Sometimes women do it too. Of course, right. like they, I mean, women can play both sides as well, right? Uh, but it, it, I mean, I, I, here's what, here's the thing. I feel a little bit bad for Zion because this is a learning moment that he has to go through in front of the entirety of anyone that knows who the hell he is. A anyone who knows who Zion is right now, most likely 
knows what just happened to him where he has a an announcement of a baby video and then the side chick or the main whatever whatever version of that mariah is i think she's the number one from she what thought I, she was number one again right. this is a mistake this is a mistake by zion maybe he'll learn from this there's got to be a pecking order and i just think sometimes especially when you're a young man and you get involved with older women which is what at least what it seems to be the case with this particular love triangle he's the man who has the catch he makes the decisions, right? And I think that comes with some maturity. And 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 again, that's not about like being able to uh, to to work with two two women at the same time or try and juggle multiple women. Like that's all on your own, bro. Go, good luck to you. Talk to uh, Lou Williams. That's Figure exactly who. I, that's literally exactly who I was going to talk to. Say say for him to talk to is is call up Lou Will. Let's talk about it. How do we do this? Talk to, I mean, any of the NBA players on his team. Right. Like, I think many of them would have had a similar scenario potentially or, you know, uh, maybe some sort of NDA. We talk about gag agreements, NDA agreements. You know, let's get that out there. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing whatever you'd like to do off the court, but just be buttoned up about it. And this is the this is a learning process, I think, for Zion. I I will not condone the fact that, you know, he clearly, uh, you know, mess with this with this. The side, the one who's not pregnant, clearly messed mm-hmm. around with her and and caught. Who got might caught. be pregnant, by the way, because she went on and said, "I'm late." Right. I yeah. Right. Exactly. She said she's late. She also said DNA test a hundred times. It's like, wait a second. Like th- that's know. definitely that's definitely she had the woman is pregnant. So like, what do you DNA test to Zion say that that's somebody else's baby? I don't know. Like DNA test. Maybe okay, she, she's a if she's porn star, are, are both these girls porn stars? I think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the truth. We don't know enough. I think the bottom line is this. We just talked about getting ahead of stuff like jaw. Like if I'm Z, Z, we're on a first name basis too. (laughs) If I'm Zion, right. And I already know I'm in a pickle. Like, you know, your girl's pregnant, right? You got to get ahead of it and tell Mariah, be like, all right, girl, I got some really tough news for you. Exactly. Be up front. Because, because what's going to piss off a, a, a woman scorned. Okay. The, the worst thing you could possibly men doesn't matter if you're rich. Hell hath no fury. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and not, and lying and not knowing about this other woman that's pregnant. I think if you got ahead of it because you are the guy with the cash. Hey, boo, I fucked up. I got another girl pregnant. I still love you. Uh, but we can't talk about it. there's going to be some pictures you might see tomorrow. Call Tristan Thompson on this also. Yeah. Call Tristan. There's going to be some pictures you might be seeing on Twitter that are not going to make you too happy. So I'm going to get ahead of this really. And quick. a full YouTube video that's coming out with me holding her belly. <laughs> just a bad just a bad look, man. But again, I look at it from a basketball standpoint. I'm trying Ooh. to see mentally where my people are at. And it just it's it's a bad call. And you're right, Drew. There are plenty of people that I've been through this. There's plenty of regular dudes like us yeah, that have been through this situation exactly. before. The difference is I don't have a hundred million dollars yet. And automatically this girl with that has your kid after the DNA test, which you should get anyways. Definitely should get one. Definitely should get, one. get that DNA test, but she's already got, you know, half your bread right now. Right. Like you are, you're already committed for 18 years now. So learning experience for you, Z. And- learning experience for Zion. I, and Obviously, you don't want that. You don't want that news as a Zion fan. You don't want that news as a part of the organization. No, I wanted the, the news. I loved the news when I saw how happy he looked. And like your girl's right. having a baby until you, I don't know his relationship. I don't know if he's been with this right. girl for a long time, but right. 
this is what happens, man, is they keep the receipts and then you get the full story. This girl obviously was invested in Zion. Mentally, physically, emotionally invested in him. She could be full of shit too. I don't know. But I didn't mean to cut you off on that, Drew. I just, no, no, I'm I'm pretty much done with this. Like I, I don't want to weigh in on how he needs to live his life. Like go live your it. life, bro. But you know, just I think there's ways to be smarter about this. I and this and so and we've seen the the path has been paved uh, by a number of guys that you could reach out to. I think so. Uh, good luck to to Zion <laughs> in what I think might be a few months of uh, some ugly back and forth. Definitely might be. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some uh, last part of basketball I wanted to talk about. Okay. Something that shocked both of us. There's actually basketball to talk about, Drew. Not okay, good. Guns, not porn stars. There's actually a basketball piece this week that happened that kind of shocked both of us. Uh, was CP3's being waived, is going to be waived. His camp met with. Uh, That's pending. That's still pending. What, with the waiver? Yeah, the, the, the wave, the being waived is still pending right, until because, June 28th. So Sham's. Uh, came out, he wanted to be the first guy to break it, right. breaks the news that they're going to waive him, and then has to pull it back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I really meant. We're going to meet together and figure out ways to make this better. <laughs> right. So immediately we're already thinking, oh shit, he's getting bought out. Anybody's going to be able to get CP. Um, I think the writing was on the wall kind of with this in Phoenix. Uh, I wasn't necessarily sure they were going to get waived. I thought a trade would probably come in to bring somebody else in there. Maybe the waiver works better financially for them to figure this out but i still believe that even at 38 i still believe that cp3 can bring value to a team i think the best value for cp3 would be still be in phoenix if they could figure out a way to keep him there uh you got vogel coming in uh which we haven't even talked about we can talk about coaches later i'm kind of tired of the the coaches circus that we got going on here um, Bill Simmons was wrong about his Phoenix pick, though. He was. He, he was very adamant about you know, Kevin got Young. Paid, though. What was his name? Kevin Young. Kevin Young was the guy that Simmons and I. I, I think I mentioned it too, based mm-hmm. off of that. Um, he was adamant on the last podcast that he thought Kevin Young was going to get the job. That didn't happen, but they made him the highest paid assistant coach in in the NBA, which is great. So for CP, um, I think there's going to be a lot of suitors. I think that the Lakers would be great. I think it's seven years too late to be a Laker, eight years too late to be a Laker. I still think he bring really good value, especially if you're going to lo- lose Austin Reeves or something like that. But I think they try to figure out a way to keep him in Phoenix just at a, a different price point. And I don't know what that means for him because I still think he's owed a bunch of money, right? 30. 30. Well, it's not 30 a- for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. Look, I don't think this is a surprise. I think the surprise was – but like it, it just looks really weird and shocking when a post comes out that says Chris Paul is going to be waived by the Phoenix Suns. Right. Right. It's like, wait, what? What does that mean? Are they trying to get rid of him? Why wouldn't they do something different? Obviously, Shams jumped the gun, right? Definitely jumped the gun, was fired up, thought that that was going to be a big tweet. And I'm sure it actually got him a lot of press and all that stuff, but for the wrong reasons in this instance. Uh, the, true, the truth of the matter seems to be that uh, – the Suns are exploring options, like you're saying. The Suns know that Chris Paul still has value to them specifically, but is no longer, I think it's pretty fair to say, no longer worth $30 million in a given season. He has uh, unfortunately gone the other way, especially in this last year, where you know, even two years ago, they make that run to the finals, 
definitely still worth thirty million dollars. Not anymore. And and with the track record of him being continually being injured and hampered in the end of seasons in the playoffs, I think it's pretty easy for them to argue that case that he's no longer worth that thirty million dollars. But I think that they want to keep him. So what do you do? You explore all the options when you they want to still keep have somebody. To pay him no matter what, though, Drew. Like he gets his thirty million dollars regardless. No, that's false. If they waive him uh, by this deadline, they only have to pay like I think fourteen or fifteen of that thirty. So okay. they don't have to pay out the thirty. So what they're my guess is what they're going to do is they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to cut him a check for fifteen mil, and then they're going to say, "Hey, let's let's give you a two year twenty million dollar deal or two year twenty five million dollar deal." And we'll spread that out. The second uh, the second year can be a player option. Uh, but you're going to get your nice little lump sum here. We're going to pay that off. We're going to waive you. I do think that if they're going to do something like that, there's a chance that Chris Paul does leave, of course. But I think that both sides still want to work together. I just also think that the biggest issue we've been talking about, the Suns, is not Chris Paul or Devin Booker or Kevin Durant. It's everybody else. It's everybody else. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, if Chris is truthfully still wanting to play basketball, to want to be a part of this Phoenix Suns team and run it back and try to win with Book and Kevin Durant, he should willingly accept this pay cut. He's made a shit ton of money in his career, and he's going to get a check for $15 million and then probably uh, be able to be paid $10 million this year. So he's only really thinking, if you think big picture, maybe only losing $5 million there. Uh, and that, and that, you know, that, that cap space that can go out to bring in and recruit other guys that to fill out the roster better is, is vital to whether or not the Suns can make a run. Like we all think that they can, they definitely can with those three guys that I just mentioned. If you have solid guys that are available that are able to help and, a, and, a, and probably a backup point guard, uh, they could, they could be in, in the spot that Denver is in right now, next year. It's very possible for sure. Uh, but I do think it's important that you explore all options, right? Makes sense. Yeah. I think that, there's only two options that are going to work. I don't think he goes to the East coast. I don't think, I mean, he still lives in LA. His family lives in LA. They didn't go with him to Phoenix. Like little Chris still plays is playing basketball out here. So like, it would make sense if the Lakers Lakers. can get him. Yeah. Yeah. That would make the most sense. Well, that's what everyone got excited for. Especially me. I'll be honest, but I got, I got, I got a little fired up when I saw that Chris Paul was waved. I was like, Oh shit, maybe he'll come. Maybe he'll come to the Lakers. Well, it's an easy pickup for the Lakers. If you can finagle that, he would be great. But, like, again, I think CP is still hanging on to, I need to be with the right team to win a freaking championship. He said, I want to play several more years. I don't think you have several, CP. (laughs) Several's a lot. (laughs) Several? What is is several? Five? What is that? Several's at least three. Several's at least three. three. Yeah. I thought a few was three. It's the same. Is that a few and several is more, I think. I think several's like four to seven. I'm pretty but, sure the context, the rules of the context is few and several are three or more. Okay. Yeah. Either, I don't think you got three or more. That's basically definitely doesn't have, I don't think he has three. I think he's got two more and you got to hang it up. One more, one more really good shot. So I think he needs to make the choice, right? Of like, yeah. I got one more shot at this. Am I time? Am I hitching my, my, my trailer to, Braun, or am I hitching my trailer to KD and and D book, and we run this back one more time? No, uh, no, it. no thoughts of the Clippers for you. A reunion? I think that I think that was burnt. I yeah. mean, I thought about it. Different ownership. All the it, all the shit's different. I I think CP would be. I thought about it. Yeah, and we could use a point guard, right? Yeah, like uh, 
I don't, I don't necessarily think, well, I don't know what's going to happen with Russell. Right. And I don't think Russell and Chris work together. Well, I don't know. I just think the Lakers, he's best friends with LeBron. It works out the best. His family's still here. He's got a lot of ties in Los Angeles. Uh, it would be a really good shot to try to, you know, him and AD would be freaking great together. If you, I would have no problems with, with bringing Chris Paul on for, you know, again, not $30 million. (laughs) No, no. Uh, I wouldn't do that, but it's interesting. And I think yeah. there are a lot of teams that are going to inquire, but I think it's going to come. I think it's going to be two, two teams. I think it's yeah. Lakers or Phoenix. I, I don't, I, I, especially for Phoenix, right? What they want is more bodies. Mm-hmm. Don't want to get rid of bodies. So this, all of this is really a retooling and a math equation. This is, this is math. They're just, I think they're trying to keep, their pillars and Chris Paul. I, I still think they're going to try and keep DeAndre Aiden, although that would be the trade piece. You're not going to get multiple pieces back for Chris Paul at this stage no. of his career. So moving away from him in a trade is just not, I don't think that's very good unless Chris Paul is included in a package with like DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, and picks or and some other players in some version of that. That's a good Maybe throw you in. can get. Huh? Chris Paul would be a great throw-in for that trade, I right? That. And 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 we've talked in the past about like the 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 Chris Paul DeAndre Ayton for Siakam and Van Vliet, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you try something like that, and then you maybe you get uh, Bouchard in that in that deal or Boucher, whatever that dude's Boucher. name is from from Oregon, and now now on the Raptors, you get you get like a center like that in there, or or even um, Precious Precious Achua is up there. You can get somebody like that to come with you, but. Anyway, I just I think they're going to keep Chris Paul, but of course, due diligence, you got to do all your all your homework. And I think this was just one of those things where it sounded crazy, mm-hmm. like Chris Paul was done or, or like going to retire or, you know, nobody was going to want him. I, I definitely think he has value for specific teams, including the Miami Heat, if they wanted him, by the yes. way. Uh, but uh, not I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to he's going to have to renew his lease in Phoenix. <laughs> well, you know, Vogel came out and said that they want to make DeAndre Ayton one of the, he still thinks DeAndre Ayton could be one of the best centers in the NBA. I think they put a lot of money into DeAndre. I think the call of like a Toronto trade, I think Chris would just next that real quick and be like, I'm right. not going. So these right. are where if, if, if we're going to do this and you want to move me, like this is where I'm going to go. It's either. Right. But there's an instance where there's like a, a trade and buyout scenario for Chris there. Right. So it's a, it's a trade and the buyout and then like he, gets to still, he still gets to go to the Lakers or he still gets to go to, you know, a, right. It'd be like Russell that goes to Utah that gets by, doesn't Correct. play a game. And exactly. the Clippers get to pick him up. That makes sense. Uh, I don't want to go too long on this too, but there's still like, I, there's a lot of buzz about Dame, this Dame being yeah. done. Somebody came out and said like, I don't know if it was Matt Barnes. Somebody came out and said it. Like, I definitely think Dame has played his last his last game. Don't quote me on that. I don't know who said it. I think it was Matt. I don't know. But somebody prominent said, I think Dame has played his last game in Portland. There's a lot of buzz right now having the that pick. A uh, lot of talk going on. It seems like he had, like, been okay with, like, Brooklyn and Miami, which sounds interesting. But, my like, why go to Miami if you got to get rid of the farm to, you know, they like, what you would have to give up to get Dame. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm buying. I'm buying it though. I don't think Dame's going to be in Portland after this summer, Drew. And that's weird to say because we've been saying it every single year. And there's like this. He's very, you know, talk about Adam Silver being good with words and not wanting to piss anybody off. Like Dame is very good at 
saying I want to be loyal and stay here, but like with an undertone of <laughs> Brooklyn sounds kind of nice. Miami's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you think Dame's played his last game? No. You don't with Portland? You think he stays with Portland? Yeah, I think I think he'll be out because this decision is not going to be handled lightly by Portland. Mm-hmm. Because if Dame goes, you really should blow it up, right? Should blow it up for sure. And when Benyama would have been the year to do so, mm-hmm. right? We they just lost the sweepstakes. We saw them; they landed the three, the number three pick. I don't think so. I I I think they're going to hold on to Dame for dear life again. We know that can all change. If Damian Lillard says no, I'm now I am demanding a trade. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll they'll work with him on it. But uh, my my thought is that they're going to trade that pick and try and get some yeah. assets to help Damian Lillard. As we've as we've discussed, right? So you know maybe there's a Jalen Brown trade. You know there's there are a lot of people going to be interested in that number three pick. I don't know, man. I think I like the scoop pick. I've been I've been adamant about that. Um... I don't. Think I still gonna... think I still I still think Scoot's going to go second. I still. I mean, I know there's a lot on on uh, Brandon Miller, mm-hmm. w- which you know is fine. But I I still I I mean, if I'm the Hornets and the two pick, that's going to be a real tough decision for me, going back between Scoot and between uh, Brandon Miller. You know, Brandon Miller fits in nicer with the roster right now. Like you know, they they have like Ubre and. Um, you know, Miles Bridges, his contract situation is going to be pretty murky. I don't know what the hell he's going to do next year. They still have Gordon Hayward. So maybe they go, no, we're we're done. And then we want to look at getting rid of Gordon or That's shipping. That's not a great team, though, dog. That just does not sound sexy at all, right? No, now. it's they not. But I, I also think that like that scoot, the scoot Brandon Miller decision uh, with with the Hornets will determine, I think, what they do with LaMelo Ball, too. Mm. Uh, but I also think if they draft Scoot, it doesn't mean that Lamelo is out. I think those two can play well together, which is like kind of the point that I'm making. Um, but anyway, I Charlotte's Charlotte's all up and down. Portland is the team that we're talking about. Would I be shocked that if Damian Lillard, you know, ends up in Brooklyn or ends up in Boston or Miami or any other? No, I wouldn't be shocked because he's very fucking. He's super good. He just had his best season of his career statistically this last year. So um, I I do think that. There, there is a, um, there's a comfortability with the situation that Damian Lillard is in. He can do all of those beautiful things that he does with the ball on the court and score all those points and not win and still be cheered and beloved by that team. I know he wants to win, and I think he tries hard to win, but he doesn't play defense very well, never has, never will. He's undersized for that position and doesn't try very hard in the defensive end. And there's no pressure there. And so there's that that level of comfortability that he has that that those fans are ride or die with Dame Lillard. I don't know why he would leave that situation unless he he's like, no, I I do want to try and win a championship because guess what? Wherever he ends up, Portland, uh, Brooklyn, Miami, if he's going to win a championship, he's going to need to play defense. <laughs> so I don't care where he goes, he's going to have to play in really tough playoff games and put out. Uh, uh, really, really good effort on both sides of the floor to win a championship in any location. And I know he he has played defense at times, very few, but there was that run they made a few years back with him and CJ that went pretty deep. And I think in those moments, sometimes he played some de- decent defense. So it's just, I still think that with the amount of money that he has and the age that he is, it makes him very hard to move in particular. I mean, if you're, if you're the Celtics, I could see them, you know, if, if the Jalen Brown for Damon Lillard thing is what the Celtics want to do, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on that move. I think that could work for them. He did sell his crib in Portland, his beautiful home in Portland. Right. He doesn't he mean probably, that he's not buying another one. Exactly. He's probably upgrading that bitch. I mean, I mean shit, he's been the there 60 for eight mils years. kicks in soon, which puts you yeah. into like a whole other tax bracket. Exactly. So yeah, he might be doubling up, you know. Uh give me a final thought, Drew. We got to get out of here. Final thought. This one's a fun one. Ooh, I like fun. It's, it's about my guy Austin Reeves. We 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 kind of oh. brought him up. Austin a little bit. Powers is his name. Austin Powers, Austin Reeves. Um, and the legend that he is, of course, there is all this rumor about and, and, and debate about whether or not the Lakers should keep him. There's been I've seen things floated out that the Lakers will match up to a hundred million dollars in order that to too. keep him. Can they I don't do know that? where that where is that money coming from? I don't know. But it, there's also rumors that they're not going to keep him in that if if it reaches a specific threshold that that unfortunately they're going to have to part ways with him and let him go. And San Antonio is one of those teams that seems to be poking around the Austin Reeves, uh, you know, uh, Bush. Uh, Bush, I guess. What do you poke around? I don't know what you poke around, but they're poking around. And um, hey, I Zach. actually think I think Austin Reeves fits in beautifully what the Spurs would be doing. I think he'd be an asset to them. And as you said. Prior to this podcast, I called him the right-handed Ginobili, and I think that could be a, a just a great, great fit for him. As as much as I want him to stay and be a Laker, um, I could see that happening. But there was a rumor that came out that was not about basketball for Austin Reeves this last weekend, and it's regarding a date that he may or may not have gone on with the one and only Taylor Swift in Arkansas which is one of the crazier places to ever go on a date with a famous person, right? Like Taylor, why is Taylor Swift in Arkansas? I don't know, but she's there. And Austin Reeves was at a bar with her. Apparently uh, this story is quite flimsy and may not have happened at all. It may have been a guy in a bar in Arkansas that looks like Austin Reeves. Guess what? Not, <laughs> not that abnormal to look like Austin Reeves in a bar. A lot in of Arkansas. people look like Austin Reeves. A lot of guys look if like I Austin dropped, Reeves. If I dropped 25, 30 pounds and you and did your hair, hair a little out. different. Yeah, it grew the hair out. You have to grow the hair out a little bit. I think you could do it. I look more uh, like uh, Joker. That's okay. Get, get but going. I want this rumor to be true, and here's the reason why I want the rumor to be true. Number one, Austin Reeves, you son of a bitch. I love it. Go go date Taylor Swift. Go be a superstar that you are. Go be uh, just, a, just a mega star. Uh, <laughs> number two, if he does, in fact, want to date Taylor Swift, Los Angeles is where he stands. He's not leaving L.A. He's not going to San Antonio. And, and trying to pull supermodels and pull actresses and, and singers. That's not going to happen over there. He's staying in L.A. So I'm hoping that this rumor is true. Uh, if not, I'm hoping that Austin is definitely punching into that sort of weight class when we're talking about the, the females that he might be dating. Uh, let's get some celebrities under the wings of Austin, uh, Austin Reeves here. So he wants to stay in Los Angeles. We'll take a little bit of a maybe you just take 70 mil instead of 100 this time. And then we'll reward you. When you're here three years, we'll trade you for somebody and that'll be great. Or do the complete opposite and don't date a celebrity. Learn learn from people. I am going to call you out on this. I actually had a feeling you were going to bring it up. I called bullshit when I heard it. It's Flimsy. bullshit. I'm pretty sure it's bullshit. <laughs> well, I just heard that it was like Austin Reeves was at a bar in, in Arkansas and yeah. Taylor Swift is at a bar in Arkansas. Taylor <laughs> Swift being at a bar in Arkansas makes zero sense to me. She it loves really her fans. Does. She loves her she fans. Does. You know what, Drew? You're, you're right about that. I work with a girl who tried to buy Taylor Swift tickets yesterday for I don't know where she's performing here. The minimum price was $900 to go to this. And I said, <laughs> you have got to be shit. I wouldn't pay $900 to see Tupac risen from the grave to perform. I might like, pay. 
I might pay 900 for that. Maybe one. 900. I'm exaggerating. You know, I like to be a little extra <laughs> here and there. Uh, it's a fun story. I think yes. that is he's way out of his weight class on that one. Taylor Swift is too big of a superstar. Yeah. Austin Reeves should run for the hills. Find you a country cowgirl. Yes. And, you know, make her make her your boo. Go back this to is, the high school, high school bar. That's probably where Austin Reeves was, was at the bar at his high school with all his friends from high school. Date one right. of those girls. Yeah. This is the thing is I don't want him to actually get into a relationship with Taylor Swift because that would be bad for him. None and of them work. Then you're going to end up as a song. He'll be a song. He'll be an album. I don't need that for Austin Reeves. I don't want his brain to be focused off the court. I want him to date Taylor Swift and go like, cool, that was dope. Let's be friends. I'm going to move on to somebody else. As long as he stays away from the Kardashian clan, we'll be fine. Uh, but I do think it was bullshit also based on the fact that his brother, Spencer Reeves, came out and said, it's not that that uh, the, the, the craziest part about it is not that it's Taylor Swift or that, you know, he could be dating someone famous. The craziest part about that whole story is that people believe Austin Reeves is at a bar. Apparently, Austin does not go out to bars. Austin is, as you might expect, a gym rat. And when he's not playing basketball, he likes to go golfing. Uh, so I don't necessarily think it was true. But I love the story and I love Austin Reeves. And anything that's going to give me a sign to, to maybe see that that he stays with the Lakers for at least another couple of years is going to make me happy. And I'm going to I'm going to promote that. That's what I'm going to do. Clips word of advice, Austin. Date Taylor Swift's cousin, not Taylor Swift. That's that's what you should do. Bingo. That's how close you want to be to that. Uh, my final thought is going to be quick, and it's it's uh, Dan Bernstein. I don't even know who that is. He works for WSCR. I don't know what that is. Chicago, though. Uh, he came out and says Chicago Bulls are pri privately believe that Lonzo Ball won't ever play basketball again. Oh, boy. That is a bold, bold statement. But I, I'm not – like, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's true because he's had so many issues – but I don't want it to be th be true. Why would somebody report that if that's not what the organization thinks? Um, if that is the case, that's really sad. And he's going through some shit right now. And Lonzo is young and has so much in the tank. Um, what do you think about that? I just don't. I I think it's it's crazy. I mean, he's been hurt forever, right? He's always hurt, and we don't know what this is. It's the knee, right? It's the knee. It's not getting better. Sometimes this happens with with players. Yeah. But to never play basketball again, like, is this some Brandon Roy type shit? Like, what are, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's a good comparison. I mean, I think Brandon Roy was uh, Lonzo never got as good as as Brandon Roy did. No. Uh, but it could be one of those things where we're looking at a career that's cut short. And uh, anytime you need multiple operations to fix the same problem is a terrible, terrible reality to be in for any athlete or any just human being, right? Just imagine the pain that he's having to go through, just the the bodily pain mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of having this knee be a problem that he's going to have to get repaired and repaired and repaired. And so uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, do you have a lawsuit here? Did somebody fuck up your knee on the first try when you went in, you did that and it didn't come out that way? If and if you do, then you know go pursue that lawsuit because the NBA contracts might be drying up here. Uh, number number two is, uh, I, I sincerely hope the guy can play basketball again. I really love his game. I've always appreciated the way that he plays the game of basketball. Uh, I'm I, he's my favorite ball <laughs> uh, uh, sibling of all three. He's my favorite. 
I think he he's a winner. He wants to win. I I you know I think he did a lot for his brothers also, like just as a human being and help lift them up and you know support them. And uh, from all accounts, he's just like a good guy. And so you don't want that to happen to somebody who clearly worked very hard. Lonzo worked very hard to get in the NBA. He was blessed with athleticism and size and and all that good stuff. But his skill set is what got him into the NBA and his timing and his instincts. Uh, and I still think he has a chance to be a very, very good point guard in the NBA if that athleticism hasn't completely gone away from him. It's one of the sadder stories. Uh, I mean, look, we're going on two years now with with yeah. no Lonzo Ball. It might even be longer than that now. Uh, and I desperately hope that that is not the case. I hope he can come back and give it a go. But you know what? Sometimes this is what happens. Brandon Roy is a great example. There's There's a whole litany of players. That could have been, you know, someone we remember in history had it not been for those those types of injuries or things like that. I mean, look, a good one for me is like Bill Walton's NBA career, hampered by injuries, right? He still got to play, but but now you see him walking now. You see Bill Walton walking around now. Oh yeah, it's it is rough, baby. That is tough stuff, and he just tried to fight through that, and and uh, you know, and and sometimes. He got taken yeah, advantage those, of. Those are uh, two Portland like, guys we bring up too, which is I know, <laughs> I know, two Dang. Portland guys. But but yeah, it's one of those sad realities of sports. Injuries are obviously a part about it. We always talk about it every fucking year. We talk about injuries, and it's it's always sad when an injury ends a career. So I'm 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 with you in in hopes that that's not true. I am too. I just thought it was really sad, and you know, Brandon Roy was bone on bone in his knee. He just couldn't painfully do that anymore and same same with bill and you know what to continue a final thought there's a two-part documentary 30 for 30 on bill walton it looks awesome i'm watching it tonight <laughs> i can't I, wait to watch it it's gonna be great i watched the gladiator one american gladiators that was before your time i think drew but I yeah big... I, I i'm aware of american gladiator it was cool it's a cool it show was so I... cool and you gotta yeah. hear the story how it starts and it's just awesome. The dude Malibu, you got when you see Malibu, bro, you're gonna freaking my brother was a huge American gladiator guy. It was the dude, it was the coolest thing at the yeah. time. It yeah. was awesome. So, but you got to hear the story of it, how it originated. The guy behind it is the biggest POS, and it makes it so <laughs> much better. Sterling vibes, not racist vibes, just POS vibes. It's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna be back shortly. Hey, guys, leave us a review, a comment. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Clips and Drew, Clips and Drew, at Clips and Drew. Follow Drew, Drew the right thing. Your boy Clips at Clips five five five. Drop us a review on the pod. We need some new ones. Okay, we're trying to. We're at the four point nine star. We're a five star podcast. Drop the review for your boys. We give you an hour and a half a week. Give us four seconds and drop a review. Okay, we're gonna be back soon. Hopefully the sweep, like the series, isn't over on the next one. Maybe we can get one more in. But if it's a gentleman's sweep, Drew, we got to be quick on this because we got to we got game four tomorrow night. Game game four Friday, yes, uh, Friday tomorrow Friday, and then uh, game five's Monday. Oh, so big break. Oh, we'll we at least time. be we'll at least be yeah back for for uh, Tuesday. I think is is probably when we should aim for our next one. Bet we're gonna be back shortly. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghost.
Ciao, ciao.